Hey, this is Brent from Cover. Thank you for joining us on this journey to grow your knowledge and career. If you're just as passionate about insurance and sharing knowledge as we are, then please share your favorite podcast with a colleague to help them get access to insightful content to boost their professional growth. Today, Tony interviews Leo Holsgrove from Guidewire South Africa, and they look at the concept of building versus buying when looking at your technology stack and considering change. They discuss the ability to quickly launch products with speed to market, customer experience, and the ability to fully leverage data, tech, and talent for growth. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Leo Holsgrove, the representative for Guidewire in South Africa. And Leo, as you said, um, the, you look after interests for Guidewire in the whole of uh, Southern Africa. So thank you very much for taking the time out of that busy schedule and um, having a chat with me. Yes, morning, Tony. Um, good to good to spend some time with you again this morning. Uh, we've done these conversations a number of times, not just in the insurance world, but in other business conversations over the years. So it's always good to speak to you. Perfect. Yeah, no, the same. Thanks, Leo. It's amazing in business how paths cross in different roles, etc., over a long period of time, which makes it all the more interesting. Um, yeah, how true, how true. That's it. Um, Leo, we, we're talking a little bit um, about uh, the concept of build versus buy. And I mean, part of the reason why this is still an issue, and I know we've spoken about it, I think a few years back with different companies as well, but more and more um, technology evolves really quickly and um, legacy systems becomes a problem, etc. And that opens up the question again as to do you try and build your own system or do you actually buy? So maybe my first question in that is what do you see as the biggest drivers to consider a customer's business case for buy rather than build? Mm. Yes, thanks, Tony. This is, uh, I mean, this is an interesting topic. Had we come across it uh, more often than not, um, especially in the South African environment, our historical perspective, you know, we've always, if you look at, especially across financial services, um, you know, we've very much had a an approach of we do things ourselves, and we've we've, we've had a lot of pride in that. We build a lot of skill in country. Uh, you know, we've got a, a really strong technology community. Um, and, and and the abilities are there and the skills are there. But, you know, as we see as the times um, over the last few years, you know, the, more and more, there are more, many more challenges, you know, facing the insurance industry due to those black swan events that have been happening, you know, such as the floods that we've experienced in KZN, the power shortages which are ongoing and, you know, hopefully somewhere along the line we'll find some solution and, you know, in the riots, that we also had in KZN, but, you know, it's spring up all over the place. And these have resulted in, especially in the short-term industry space, in smaller margins, um, you know, making discussions with reassurers, as we're seeing lately. Um, you know, certain firms are putting out announcements because the reassurers are making it more difficult. Um, and, um, you know, this often can result in, you know, risk pricing increases, you know, that, and that at the end of the day gets passed on to consumers. But within this context, um, you know, becoming an agile insurer is very hard given the complexity the IT and the business teams face. 
But with this pace of change accelerating rapidly, you know, within the PNC industry and challenging marketing conditions, some of the key questions for insurers is how to best use technology, data, and the talent available to increase agility and efficiency across the full uh, life cycle, including using embedded analytics to turn your core system into a system of, of insight. So our customer strategic imperatives are, are, are still the same in a way because you're still looking at your customer experience, providing the best customer experience possible, you know, whether that be through the omnichannel digital experience offered, efficiency in paying claims, providing empathy and support at the times they need it most, increasing profitability, you know, um, so making more smarter data-driven decisions on the risks written, clear retention strategies, and um, you know, and then again, of course, speed to market and the ability to innovate easily and release new products, you know, at pace. As well as, you know, especially what we've seen going through the whole COVID, uh, um, you know, period, empowering business users internally to take on more challenge, more change themselves, you know, and 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 to avoid avoid those internal bottlenecks and capacity challenges. And um, you know, and the, these things that are that I'm speaking of has reopened the buy versus build debate across a number of insurers. The present challenges, you know, has brought the imperative of future-proofing one's business to the fore. But each one's frame of reference is different. I mean, each each company comes from a different starting point, and is is on a different uh, in in a different phase of their life cycle. So the overall business case, you know, includes IT and the business value, as, as I mentioned just now, speed to market, you know, upgrade avoidance, efficiency, automation, and, uh, you know, anecdotal insights of the key drivers in the typical range on, you know, the ROI, you know, the return on, 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 on investments as such. Mm-hmm. But with many large development teams in some of our companies, you know, it, it, um, they may decide to maintain the status quo, especially with the uncertainties, you know, with reassurers and what's going to happen with the electricity scenario. A lot of companies find themselves in, in sort of in a phase where they're not sure where they should move. And, and in, in, often in such scenarios like that, they stick to the status quo and they kick the can down the road until greater clarity provides some direction. However... I think we would uh, um, caution around because business continuity and disaster recovery in these present situations have raised the ante and 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 business has changed. So others with a more strategic view that we are seeing with regard to expansion inside and outside of our borders, and I think the operative word there is with regard to expansion, uh, you know, internal and externally may have a need to future-proof themselves with regard to scale, innovation, to come out of the block sprinting when a more stable environment develops. Not necessarily to to kick the can down the road and let's just maintain business and see where this is going, but to actually make some assumptions as to where where where, where this market is moving and where they want to be positioned when we obviously being you know, from a proactive perspective, that that we sort out our power scenarios, etc., and some of those blue swans start dissipating. 
Mm. And from my recent discussion with carriers, and uh, not just in South Africa, but also you know outside of our borders as well. But it's very, but it, with discussions internally, um, who are evaluating this build versus buy because it comes it comes in a cycle. You know, people build to a certain extent, and then they say oh, maybe we should. You know, when they reach a certain scale, um, there's a certain typical decision making tree um, to make that informed decision. And um, in that decision making tree, we see the following categories being used. And the first one would be functional depth. So building or buying the most functionally robust system to meet changing business or market demands. You know, can you achieve that through your internal development teams? And a lot can because we'd really have we could have we really have good IT people. The second one would be data in and out. Easily managing how data is ingested and dispersed between the core systems and the broader customer ecosystems. And a lot of companies struggle with that because often in the build scenario, there's a lot of legacy. And even and, and that's often a trigger, you know, to move to a buyer scenario. Um, and legacy, there's a lot of different platforms um, and different databases. And um, and this is a really a common uh, um a common uh, um challenge in in a lot of the in a lot of the uh, short-term businesses and then on the support side building or buying a system easy to maintain and innovate on um, because you don't want to be spending most of your time building and supporting you also want to be able to know that you have a a, a steady platform that you can innovate on continuously and be you know competitive but based on these three those three points, those three uh, decision-making criteria, um, what we are seeing established as some of the key drivers that support those three criteria would be leveraging a replicable framework for future acquisitions. So new lines of business development, existing lines of business management based on market conditions, cost avoidance for annual updates, I mean, for example, Guidewire through the SS platform, we deliver three releases per year per annum. And uh, you know, from a SaaS perspective, that's obviously included in the subscription for 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 a SaaS platform. Mm. Whereas, if you're wanting to to maintain and be uh, uh, current, um, you know, three releases per annum, going out to get you know your teams, if if internally, if you have the capability or or, or um, accessing the services of a an SI to come and help you with that, you know, it's it's the it, it takes up a lot of unnecessarily time when this could be taken care of. Mm. You know, the ease of future integrations, marketplace integration gateways. I mean, you know, we from our perspective, you know, if you have the right platform in place and the right ecosystem is there with the right layer of integrations which are market ready you know we we speak about guidewire ready integrations that we we invest a lot in with our partners and uh, our alliance partners to ensure that irrespective of who a client particularly you know favors that those that they already you know ready developed the low code configuration side you know the business led product process and rule management side because you can't reconfigure continuously and and develop you know every time there's a new business rule so um you know the, these are the type of things that from a buyer's build you know comes if you buy the right platform 
and uh, um, and and that's also when it comes to the SaaS solutions. You know, the load configuration around developing that new products, getting products quicker to market, etc. It's really very beneficial. And then eliminating and reducing that technical debt obviously is 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 a, is an obvious one. And the other one is, you know, often people say, "But I've got this development team. What do I do with them?" Because, you know, in 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 within South Africa, I mean, obviously, you know, the economy we have it. The economy is going through very tough times, and companies do not want to be seen as, "Oh, I'm going to buy a new platform, so ooh, am I going to lay people off?" Um, you know, these are very sensitive topics. And and we are very sensitive to that as well, and understand that. So when when we people are speaking about buy versus build, what I think often companies you know need to think through is it actually allows them to free up that IT capacity for innovation, mm -hmm. because instead of just maintaining the platform and and building the platform and using the 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 because the 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 depth of 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 industry knowledge and especially the the company and knowledge as such the um the brand knowledge within which they've been working um they can use that to the benefit of, of you know for for innovation on top of these platforms so um there's often that misnomer around but I have this development team and that's often one of the biggest uh, you know, we have the skills, we know what we can do, and that's fine. But then put that on a platform that is, um, you know, it's almost like, I suppose, if you take in the motor industry, you know, you got you used to have like Ford, Mazda, Volvo on the same platform, but you have the solid, you know what you've got, but you you can innovate with what you put on top of that and how you package it at the end of mm. the day. Mm. So, yeah, Tony, I think that's um, just, you know, without um, making it too lengthy, um, discussion on that point, but those would be what I would say would be some of the biggest drivers and uh, you know strategic imperatives that are the discussion points around the buy versus build mm, to make that um, decision. Now, um, Leo, you mentioned uh, SaaS there during the discussion. Obviously, the capital outlay when it comes to buying or building a platform is quite quite huge, and that's probably then where software as a service comes in to try and change that dynamic. And um, what I liked about software as a service is it just puts the competitive advantage in the hands of so many other smaller players rather than just the big giants that's got the capital outlay. So from a guidewire perspective, I mean, not wanting to use influence as a negative word, but rather as in you understand the environment and um, how, um, you know, what sort of decision the client should be making. Um, how do you see, um, uh, how does Guidewire influence clients to consider software as a service? Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest discussion points over the years has always been where does my data reside, right? So, um, and 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 often, you know, just, just even... Just, just from a cloud perspective, you know, people often confuse um, SaaS, software as a service, with uh, um, a cloud-enabled platform. So, um, because the, the 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 thinking has always been, I need to keep my data within South African borders onshore. I don't want to, you know, have it uh, um, hosted anywhere outside. And um, and a lot of this thinking is driven also from a 
you know, from from from, from a um, how do I, from a data perspective, ensure that I increase the ability and the capability from a SaaS perspective? So when we are putting a platform on a SaaS scenario, we 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 work basically we work through both companies. Now we work through AWS and we work also through uh, um, through the Microsoft platform. But um, with with AWS coming into South Africa now, you know the guide wide journey, especially in South Africa, you know we've developed in leaps and bounds, and um, you know we've transformed our value proposition as well from delivering software to customers to host on premise or in their private cloud to software as a service offering, and um, our SaaS offering. You know, it's making it easier for customers, obviously, to innovate and drive agility. And as I mentioned, you know, when we when we in the previous uh, um, discussion, moving from a costly and time-consuming upgrades to updates delivered in, you know, within hours and with our three releases, and these are the things that we're speaking to clients about. Um, you know, we are focused on enabling the clients to continually innovate, work with what you do well, and let us take care of the nuts and bolts kind of scenario. So, and, and one of the factors that we, we realized, which was quite important, um, was to capitalize on that multi-tenant cloud native services. So besides, um, you know, the, we, we, we made that call last year to invest in AWS in Cape Town. So that enables us to offer full guidewire cloud source solution, you know, to the second short-term insurance market. Um, you know, and this is bringing benefits such as the tenancy a tenancy is deployed in South Africa, so the data residency is here. So when we speak to clients and and we try and uh, um, you know as it goes back to that buy versus build, because if you're going to build, yeah, you're okay with you know you can do it on premise and you'll you'll do it you can still do it in your own private cloud, but to be able to if you see the advantages of buying, you know with the data residency now being able to be within South Africa. Plus better performance due to the reduction in latency, you know, that you're going to experience as well. Uh, um, you know, it's 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 quite a it's quite a powerful message, and it's also you know what's quite important. People often think your SLA is going to change, etc., and and it doesn't. You know, from a from a, a SaaS offering versus a uh, um, uh, on-premise uh, offering service level agreements remain exactly the same. The difference is Guidewire at the end of the day is is providing that support where you would have had that infrastructure teams and so on. So the cost benefits are huge. Mm. Um, you know, so so you can basically leave Guidewire responsible for the running and operating of the software on the behalf of a client. Uh, you know, including the installation and functioning of the software and all the tasks, you know, related to network, storage, backup, configuration of the hardware platform, operating systems, database, application updates, while you focus on, you know, while the clients focus on their customers. So I think that's, that's a lot of the stories, you know, focus on your innovation, take your, take your teams that you have and leverage the skills that you have to, you know, from a competitive perspective and leave the nuts and bolts to a company like Guidewire from a SaaS solution perspective. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of, I think, talking points there that we try and drive on a daily basis when we speak to, 
you know, even existing clients that are still, you know, on premise and, and would like to make the move as well as to, you know, new clients that we talk to. Yeah. So, so hopefully uh, that's answering your question. <laughs> yes, no, quite comprehensively. Thanks, Leo. I think um, the, the bottom line here seems to be like it's not an easy decision. It is something that needs to be discussed and worked through. And um, that probably comes in that initial consultation process with the client. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's never easy to, you know, when, you, when you're in that build environment and you're used to developing it yourself and you know what you have, you know, you, you've got your skill sets on the floor. It's, it's, uh, you, you have that sense of I'm in control in a way. And sometimes it's a case of hand over control. And that often is... Uh, can be an inhibitor to some decision makers. But if you start looking at the scale and you start looking at the flexibility that comes with it and you don't have to worry anymore about, you know, the, the uh, you know, where's my data? Is it up and running? You know, all the disaster recovery side of stuff. You can, you know, which takes up, I think, enormous amount of time of a CIO and his team, you know, that they can focus now on basically that's a done deal now you focus on how do I support business? How do I get business over the line around, you know, being more flexible, innovative, so and and, and creating product, uh, you know, quicker and getting it quicker to market. And that's where the focus should be because that's where the profit line sits, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Leo, thank you so much. And um, I mean, not this particular conversation, but the technology conversation, we're going to keep that, um, going with the Tech Fest, where you guys are also participating. Thank you very much for uh, that contribution that you will be giving in terms of your knowledge at the conference as it comes up. But thank you also for today and oh. just uh, sharing some thoughts about an interesting and important topic in the tech space. Thanks, Tony, and we look forward to taking part in the Tech Fest. Thank you, Leon. <laughs>